Workers and welcome to the podcast. I'm Celine, a media graduate with an interest in cults. And I'm Stephen. I'm Celine's dad. Uh, I have an interest in cults. I was raised in one. Uh, these days I work as an organisational psychologist. Welcome to the show. Okay. Yeah, I, don't, I just did a hat tip for some reason. Yeah, there's no, no one can point. see it. We don't do the visuals. We don't do that. No. 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 So, Celine, what's our topic for today? Motivation. motivation so i called you i was sitting on my little lunch break in the in in a field <laughs> um i was i was a little You're not a farmer no but england has fields okay um i went and sat on the field eating eating my little vegetarian bean halloumi pitta um nice yeah yeah i painted a picture and uh okay. said we should talk about motivation mm. And I specific, I got big words out such as intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Okay, um, good. We can um, get into and, that. You know, what's the difference in all of that? Exogenous and, the... and endogenous. Don't know about that one. Mm. I can't. I can't tell you that one. But the reason I guess I thought about it is because I saw. So Dad's obviously, as many of you know, he's been doing his daily one minute updates on Instagram on the Cult Hackers Instagram, which is very easy to find. Quick plug, it's at Cult Hackers. Um, so you can catch up on those little one-minute updates if you mm. want. And there was one, what, a couple of days ago, where you showed the difference because you cycled the same route, but you showed a little picture of yourself about six months ago mm. and then what you look like now. And it was mad because you saw such a visual difference in your face um because i'd lost weight was, mm. yeah. yeah 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 um and then i was also thinking about um recently as as the podcast knows i've mentioned i've been going to the gym for the last year and it's literally taken me a year to be able to do a good weighted back weighted squat it took a year to be able to do that properly with proper form and to be able to actually start adding weight to it like more than just the bar because it wasn't safe to do so until you're doing it right. And that's mad. And that took a year, many months, repeated weeks of being miserable and annoyed and fed up and basically turning up every week to fail until eventually I succeeded. (laughs) Okay. Um, So what's the point? What's this got to do with motivation? Because that's, it's about being motivated to do that because that is so hard so you just right. jump the gun just at the end because that is so hard to motivate yourself because it's every time you go like for ages you're doing something and you do not see the results until much later generally okay. most things take motivation to keep going right okay so we want to explore the topic of motivation mm-hmm. um and obviously because it's called hackers we we will also discuss it in line with how cults mm-hmm. do this um yeah why people are motivated to well, i suppose join cults stay in cults um maybe even what the motivations are for the cults themselves or the leaders and themselves. also my thought was to discuss i guess how your motivation might be affected so if you've been in a court which has had um which has used particular motivational tactics um how that might have an impact on then motivating yourself to do things you want to do so you spend a lot of time being motivated potentially extrinsically we'll get into these their mm. uh, descriptions of what they will mean but you've had a lot of outward motivation pushed upon you to do certain things like we've said in I think the last episode, um, people generally don't want to knock on doors as Jehovah's mm. Witnesses, um, but you've got that that outward motivation getting you to do it. So we can talk kind of about that sort of thing. And also, yeah, once you left, did that negatively impact, do you think, your motivation? Because were you like, you know, or, or positively, I don't want to do things that people tell me to do. I only want to do things that I want to do and I motivate myself to do that sort of thing. Just like that whole conversation. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Let's do that then. Um, mm-hmm. So where, where do we want to start? I suppose. I so many things. Yeah. So I have touched on this topic um, a bit in the past and actually the very first of the mini series episodes called the psychology of cults. I did discuss motivation there, but this is a, as you said um, in our pre-chat 
different energy for this really we, and I, i'm gonna get you to drive the conversation because um this is the sort of thing you really wanted to talk about um so anyway what what do we say about motivation so what we're meaning here is is essentially something that causes us to do something i suppose in its mm-hmm. simplest form let's try and define it what do we mean by motivation it's something that makes us do something take some action of some sort i suppose and you mentioned extr- extrinsic and intrinsic motivation so maybe that's mm-hmm. a good time to bring that up so what's your memory of of those Celine? so um my sort of memory of this is that extrinsic is motivation that comes from exterior outside so that's kind of how i remember it because yeah. extrinsic like external so yeah motivation that's um like say in losing weight i want to um go to the gym so i look skinny so that i i feel good could be like um about how i look could be extrinsic and then maybe intrinsic is more i'm trying to think of how to word this actually so i would say um feeling good about your weight would be intrinsic mm. because that's that's how you feel about yourself in psychology we'd call it more endogenous i suppose mm. um that's the internal stuff and then mm. the extrinsic is rewards that come from yeah, the so like outside. people think i look pretty so that was what the thing i was trying yeah. to think yeah so because a lot of the time it's used around weight loss is that you need that they recommend having an intrinsic motivation to lose weight mm. rather than extrinsic motivation yeah to lose weight for instance because not that i think this is necessarily true you can unpick this um but people generally in pop culture let's say put a lot more clout in intrinsic motivation they fit they seem to think that in being intrinsically motivated is gonna be uh better provide better results be more likely for you to follow through versus extrinsic motivation and I would, I would actually agree with that. I think that yeah. is um, the evidence is quite strong, really, that um, intrinsic and endogenous uh, motivators are seem mm-hmm. to be uh, more powerful. They seem to last longer. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if it's external or exogenous, then these tend to be less effective. But that's not to say they don't have any effect at all. And again, we've always got these individual differences um, that play into this and it it gets a bit complicated because external things can have an intrinsic effect so you know the fact that other people comment okay they're external but that if that makes you feel good about yourself then that in itself is Mm -hmm. is an intrinsic um element to it so it it does get a bit complicated and and it breaks down a little bit i think yeah i mean every binary is difficult to keep entirely separated but yeah that's yeah, kind but, of... but I, I think that the general principle is, you're right, is that um, things tend to be more motivating if they come from within than uh, from from the external. Mm-hmm. Um, so my experience with the, the topic of motivation is, is really through my uh, master's in organisational psychology. So a lot of that was about the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I found interesting is sort of trying to use that and, putting it onto cultic mm-hmm. organizations and seeing which bits fit and which bits don't, which is is kind of interesting. And that's some of what I've talked about already, really. So I suppose the next thing is to maybe we could discuss then. Um, so we've kind of generally got the understanding of what yeah. motivation is and the different, uh, and the different kinds of motivation. Um before you before you go on actually there's there's another uh, like a lot of things there's different ways of looking secret motivation (laughs) well there's different ways of looking at this so you can talk about external internal but you can also talk about towards and away from Mm. um positive and negative forms of motivation so that's also really quite important i think when we're talking about this topic um in relation to cults as well because um cults use quite a lot of away from motivations like you know the fear so fear is an incredibly powerful motivator and in some ways i would say it's perhaps the most powerful motivator certainly in the short term um and this is part of our evolutionary past really you know we are programmed 
to be alert to any threats um, that come our way and that has physiological effects on us so it starts to as we know it makes our blood pump a bit faster and our heart beats a bit quicker and adrenaline pumps through our veins and stuff and that's because this is the fight or flight response as often gets called so fear um noticing being aware that there is some sort of threat to us is a motivator in itself um and that is very powerful but again tends to be uh more effective in the short term um when it's long term that creates a chronic anxiety which is generally considered to be very bad for us obviously and that's where uh, mental health demotivating yeah absolutely um you know we can talk a bit about how cults work with that because i think that's quite an interesting dynamic there but anyway yes so that's another way so there's internal external there's also towards and away from what's the um, so the away from so like you've just said is is that like escape hell yeah yeah Um, Yeah. what's the uh that's away from towards what's the other yeah so like rewards so Mm. um you know living forever on a paradise earth going to heaven Mm -hmm. um being reunited with loved ones Mm -hmm. um these are all towards motivators that often attract people in the first place you know so i think what's quite interesting is is when you recruit um you don't normally kick off uh with certainly to a modern day audience maybe it used to be different but you don't tend to kick off with the fear stuff you know i suppose um going back to the old preacher's um preaching fire and brimstone they they were really frightening people into the uh the churches yeah i suppose because different times there was an Mm. understanding that generally god was real you just didn't or like that was kind of in the general consensus for a long time so it's just about getting you into the right church group i guess Um, yeah different situation and and people perhaps responded more favorably just generally people probably behave more predictably um in relation to fear than they do now because it, it nowadays i think people don't respond quite as well to that um but yeah so um when when i was doing witnessing work um as a jehovah's witness you know we wouldn't generally wouldn't knock on somebody's door and say you know you're if you don't uh, become a jehovah's witness you're going to die at armageddon you know that's not your opening gambit um but you would show them a picture of an artist's impression of a paradise earth with all happy people there. So yeah, that would, um, you generally, you generally kick off with the, the good stuff. And then when people come in, then you start to, it's often fear then that keeps people (laughs) in the, on the straight and narrow as it were. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So that's kind of, yeah, I guess um, accidentally got into it, but like the tactics, Mm while in because i think um yeah i'd like to talk about the different the ways i guess motivation changes and how you experience it when you're in the call when you leave the call so i'll I'll throw a few um (laughs) few theories of motivation at you selena and then we maybe can can talk about some of these i think there's some quite interesting ones that people may have some awareness of the the other thing i wanted to also throw in here is some is a topic i've wanted to mention for quite some time uh and i've threatened to do so uh let's do it now um and that is the the famous case or the famous experiment of little albert we've talked about this many Uh times so we need to talk about little albert Mm -hmm. so this isn't a theory of motivation per se but it is around how uh people's fears are maybe developed or you can you can create a certain phobia or fear in somebody so the other thing to remember is that motivation is often the thing that starts you doing something but then it becomes a habit or it becomes just a learned behavior that you do without thinking. So that's the other thing. That's the other yeah. part of this. And there's always someone that's like, you just got to do it two weeks and it becomes natural behavior. It becomes a habit, whatever. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if that's ever the correct time, but they always tell you, like, do this for like. Hmm. It's like 20 minutes and it's become natural behavior. <laughs> I mean, there is, it, there's definitely something to that. You know, mm. if you, like, if you get used to going to the gym every day, then, then, yeah. you, no, you know, you, you don't have to think about it anymore. So first of all, it's motivating you to get out and go and uh, do it. But then after a while, it just becomes 
part of your routine. And this is, I suppose, the relevance start of the... to look forward to it, like Pavlov's Maybe, dog. Well, yeah, so this, this is related to that. So um, Little Albert is an experiment that John Watson um, did, who was kind of one of the early fathers of behavioural psychology. I've talked about that before. Um, beha- the behaviourist school, I suppose. Um, and this uh, this was an experiment where this little boy called well they named him albert in the experiment his name wasn't actually albert um but he's called little albert and i think he was about nine months old so a very small child yeah i think that's when they first started to introduce him to these different things and then he was just over a year when they did the actual experiment um but they introduced him to various different objects and he was a pretty brave little little chap he didn't really cry at much Uh, but one thing he didn't like was just a um somebody banging on a a loud bar, a uh, metal bar behind him. That frightened him when a big loud bang. Um, surprisingly, not surprisingly, the child didn't like scary noises. Um, From out of view. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So they they realised this was the thing that he, he was scared of. Um, I'm so, I'm so he, concerned. I don't things, know the story. <laughs> things he wasn't afraid of was um, like little furry animals and pets and things. So they, they let him play with uh, a little pet rat and a rabbit. And I'm really afraid like of where this is going to go. Are they going to um, ruin cute little animals for him? Yeah. So um, so the, the rat is the one that they kind of used as an example. So they, he, he liked the rat. He used to play with the rat and and um, he was very friendly with the rat. Um, but then what they started to do was bang the bell or bang the bar every time they introduced the rat. Um, and after a few times, obviously, he started to associate the uh, sound of the noise, the thing that frightened him, with the rat. So as soon as he saw the rat, he started to cry. So this is classical conditioning. This is the thing you mentioned with Pavlov's dog, same principle. Um, but this was was an experiment that demonstrated that you could create in somebody a phobia, effectively, or a fear of something by creating this um, this link, this mental, yeah, psychological unrelated link. things, mm. but... And you've linked them. Yeah, that's right. So that's um, that's little Albert. I mean, completely unethical as an experiment. They wouldn't get away with it now. Poor little Albert. (laughs) Yeah. So um, nobody really knows what happened to him afterwards. I think there's um, there's all sorts of stories went around um, how it affected him. I don't think it was likely to have affected him for life. Apparently, this effect tended to wane over time so if you didn't keep reinforcing it then it would get less strong which is also quite interesting Mm. and suggests um this gives us some clues as to why cults and high control religious groups in particular Mm. use the same they keep saying the same things over and over again Mm -hmm. yeah because it's reinforcing that fear and it lasts for a while um even without any contact but eventually it'll wane if you don't keep hearing that same message over and over again um so yeah so that's uh, another element of it i think so i think what part of the motivation around the away from the fear which organizations like cults and and those sorts of groups do use a lot um i think that's you know that's definitely part of their their tactics that's really interesting and as well so you say that obviously it wanes over time mm. um, and obviously though what we're saying is generally cults don't want it to wane over time so they keep mm. doing it yeah um but obviously people do leave despite these kind of what away from fear sort of man- manipulation or like a motivational techniques to keep you to motivate you to stay in um it is possible to break a mo- break against it even if you're being heavily motivated to stay in um, through these kind of fear tactics do we have much to talk about there with the psychology in that yeah i mean it's complicated because obviously um we know that there's also i guess what we call and, and i always have to say this i'm not a clinical psychologist um but there is this thing called trauma which which mm. complicates matters because um there comes a point where although i suppose what we might describe as fairly low levels of fear might wane over time there comes a um, a certain type of trauma where that stays with us so it 
of course, it is possible that little Albert grew up to be afraid of all sorts of things. Uh, uh, something I didn't mention about that experiment, they actually took it further and, and noticed that um, things that were a bit rat-like, like furry coats and things like that, he started to be afraid of those and, and would cry when he when he saw those That's as well. So sad. It is really sad. And um, um, I mean, the early days of psychology was the Wild West. It was yeah, just horrific, you know, all terrible sorts of terrible time. things were being done. Um but anyway, that was one of them. Um, so, yeah, we have to be a bit careful that these things sometimes do carry on. And um, so patterns of behavior are developed as as youngsters. And then obviously they do. They can persist. And sometimes we don't even realize uh, why we're behaving in a certain way, because the pattern was established so long ago that we we've forgotten what it was. We don't even know. And we use this word triggering, I suppose, a lot these days. But essentially, that's that's what's happening. It's something that we uh, that is is affecting us yeah. in a way that we didn't really expect. I think a lot of people have spoken about the being triggered into a fear response, even yeah. once you mentally, I guess, on every level that you could believe it's it's mm. okay, and that the world isn't ending in fire and brimstone. Yeah, you still see an article about like war and someone invades here or xyz fit or the pandemic yeah. when that was kicking off and a lot of people yeah. were like they didn't believe it but they felt the fear anyway like yeah they got that response um yeah absolutely um so there's there's a few other sort of theories around um motivation which are, are pure motivational theories i suppose what we've just described mm -hmm. is more about conditioning and mm -hmm. um i suppose how motivation might be the original thing that gets you to do something and then there's a there's a um crossing to a new threshold <laughs> yeah but in terms of theories of um of motivation there's there's a number of different sort of categories um there's one called there's a category called content theories um of motivation um basically there's there's theories that go deep into our into our basic psychological needs and then there's others i suppose this is the easiest way to describe it there's others that are much more surface mm -hmm. so let's talk about some of the deep ones first and and you'll you'll know you'll recognize the first one that i'm gonna mention because it's our friend maslow yeah i was um, gonna say we're going into maslow yeah <laughs> so did you learn this in uh school did you or was it in mm, university i don't even i just know I just know it. I don't know where it osmosis. Yeah, Maslow it's, and his it's hierarchy around, of needs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. um, yeah so Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I think it's it's very well known. Um, you can look it up on on Google. But Celine, tell us, tell us, uh, it's this it's this triangle with mm -hmm. various levels. Do you want to tell us what these levels are? Yes. So okay. So at the base of the triangle, we've got physiological needs it's like air water food shelter sleep clothing and reproduction so sexual i suppose yeah yeah mm. um so your basic needs to survive really aren't they for the, yeah. your survival and the survival of the race <laughs> so these um, these are motivators for us mm -hmm. you know we, our our need to breathe probably is the very first one you know you literally do anything when you are short of um oxygen you know you just you, you're just floundering aren't you just trying mm -hmm. to breathe mm -hmm. uh, and then there's there's others there as well yeah the, the water the food yeah to somewhere to sleep clothing what's yeah. next uh right up the triangle we've got safety needs so personal security employment resources health and property yeah so this is anything that we mm -hmm feel that we need to feel secure i suppose yeah mm -hmm. um yeah. and in our society that includes having somewhere to live and mm -hmm. a job and those sorts of things yep what's next yep. love and belonging so that is friendship intimacy family and sense of connection oh the cults are loving it in the third part of the triangle aren't they they love it here this is where they've made a corner in their market <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh above that We've got esteem, so respect, self-esteem, status, recognition, strength, and freedom. Oh, I tell you, that's yeah. another one for the cults, isn't it? Yeah. Right. 
Okay, and then at the very top, self-actualization, which is a desire to become the most that one can be. Yeah, so this is, I think, also promised um, Mm. in cults, isn't it? This is Mm -hmm. uh, the offer often that is made. You know, you will become like this person that you've always wished you could be. You'll become the next Mm. Jesus. Yeah, you know. (laughs) Well, you know, you're going to become perfect. You're going to be with God. You're going to find transcendence, whatever it is that the the promise is it's often right at that level so a lot of these things promise a lot of these cults promise these higher level um needs top three levels of the pyramid yeah yeah Um, but i mean some some cults are hitting you in those lower levels Mm, as well um because you know like the ones that get you on a compound i mean that's yeah they've got the whole triangle haven't they then And, and you know a lot of them as well because um you know, even for some of these groups that you think, well, they still live in their own homes or like that, they live, you know, they have neighbours of the world, you know, is it, you know, they're just, you know, your next door neighbour could be a, a Jehovah's Witness, for instance, but um, because of things like homeschooling, um, because of things like, yeah, because of things like homeschooling, it leads you into then getting jobs with other members of your community because you might not have qualifications which means you won't be able to get a job in a worldly job so then your employment's also wrapped into these courts and a lot of courts do that where you kind of end up working for each other within each other's communities rather than part of the wider group so i mean they definitely they definitely hit the pyramid wherever they can <laughs> yeah and, and actually even those low, low ones um so often in christianity which um obviously jehovah's witnesses are a version of christianity and lots of these other groups are the same and um, they'll say things like if you if you put god first if you put your faith in god mm-hmm. then all these other things will will come um you know so that in itself is saying that don't worry about your need to eat and um and uh, have a place to live god will look after you if you do the right things that's a very christian message actually jesus said something similar so mm-hmm. that's used by these groups to say yeah actually this will be provided for you even if there's no tangible help that they're giving you they're saying that put your trust in god and he will provide you with with these things um that one of the things about hertzberg's model that um first of all i should say that most people have seen this and heard of it and it's got a lot of traction in business it's you know there is no self-respecting development course that doesn't have um an element of hertzberg in it but there is very little evidence for it actually so um hertzberg, sorry sorry maslow I, I'll, I'll come to hertzberg um there's very little <laughs> evidence the yeah there's very little evidence for maslow's theory actually um it kind of makes sense um but there's no there's no real research that that really demonstrates this Um, why that order or yeah so the the other thing that i think makes it important is this law of prepotency so what what uh, maslow claims is that you don't start worrying about the next one up until you've satisfied the lower level very waterfall to use more business terminology (laughs) i suppose yeah so um and and again there's logic to it so you know if if you if you don't have enough to eat you're not that interested in being motivated by self-esteem needs Mm. for instance you know the most important thing for you is to to get enough food to eat see and, and that makes sense but then there's also instances where someone might because of their self-esteem, and which some might call pride, they wouldn't want to accept "quote unquote" a handout to be able yeah. to have food, for instance. Yeah. So things do conflict from above. Absolutely, and and this is one of the problems with it. It doesn't really add up when it comes to that element. Yeah, because that is just makes logical important. sense, doesn't it? But that yeah. doesn't mean that's how people behave. We are not logical that's, beings at all times. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, but there's there's clearly something in it in terms mm-hmm. of just as a a general sort of uh, model worth knowing. Um, that's Maslow's hierarchy of of needs. <laughs> If you're enjoying the podcast, you can support it by becoming a patron. You can support the podcast for just £1 or $1.50 and receive a variety of Patreon benefits as a thank you. 
Don't forget to share the podcast, follow, like, subscribe and rate the podcast on the podcast app you're using. A review is particularly helpful as it gets us recognised by new listeners. And finally, if you'd like to reach out to us and tell us about some court hacking you've been involved in or you just want to say hi, you can do so by going to courthackers.com and using the contact form. We love hearing from our court hackers. Thank you for listening and now back to the podcast. Um, now are you going to tell us about Hertzberg? Because you've been you trying desperately to tell us about him. <laughs> I have. Um, so Hertzberg... Also, I mean, he he and Maslow were around around the same time, really, and they they came from the same humanistic school of, of psychology. So I thought they you were going to say they were like besties. But, I don't know. They might have been. They might have been besties. Um, mm. But um, Hertzberg talks about um, what he calls hygiene factors and true motivators. Mm. Um, and with this is used a lot in the workplace. Okay. So it sounds imagine, a bit grim, but like yeah, hygiene is nothing to do with uh, cleanliness or anything mm-hmm. like that. This is so basically these. What he says is there are again some basic needs that people have, and imagine that as being a line underneath which um, you have all these basic needs. So again, similar sorts of needs to Maslow's triangle really um things like in the workplace it would be getting paid um it would be the admin of of the place that you're working it would be the con- working conditions you know safe conditions reasonable working conditions those sorts of things those things are called hygiene factors so what he said is that you need those things um before you're interested in anything else you know those things got to be in place but as a business just having those things in place doesn't make people motivated it just means they are kind of there but it doesn't make them motivated you need to do something else to motivate them and the real motivators for him were things like personal growth and development and um, feelings of self-esteem and being respected and those sorts of things. So those higher levels. So very similar to Maslow in that respect. Um, But I think his insight was that the things that demotivate people are not necessarily the things that motivate people, if that makes sense. So the, the admin of the way you get paid, for instance, if that's not working properly, if in a workplace setting, then you're going to get very demotivated very quickly. Yeah, but if it but, works properly, but if it works, you don't go, "Oh, I love this place because I get paid on time." You know, you no. don't, you don't, you just expect it, and that's the whole point with these hygiene factors. Mm-hmm. Um, and and actually, in in the first episode of the bonus extra uh, about motivation psychology, of course, um, I do talk about this. I think it's really interesting is that cults seem to defy this they sort of turn it upside down Mm. Um, because in the most cases cults often treat people quite badly, really, Um, you know, but people still are motivated to do things like knock on people's doors or, um, you know, service the leader in some awful way. I suppose Um, it's, it's quite interesting. I suppose my two penneth on what's motivating there, despite the fact that there's these, yeah, you'd think quite a demotivating kind mm. of place. Um, it's the, the sort of belief in doing the right good thing um, and how important the work is, I suppose. Because if you think what you're doing is really valuable and important, I imagine that despite the fact that, okay, well, this could be better and that's not right, you can you can kind of try and push that aside because you know that ultimately what you're doing is really important and it matters because I feel like, when you think your work doesn't matter, that's incredibly demotivating. It is, but um, I think what this does is it throws mm-hmm. doubt on Hertzberg's model, which ah. I think is quite interesting because it, it suggests that, um, well, everything you said is, of course, right, and but his model doesn't mm-hmm. allow for that. No, so his no. model, um, in this case, in the case of cults, um, they seem to demonstrate that this model isn't applicable in that sort of setting there's something else going on so what it might be um it might work in the workplace when it comes to cultic um organizations that they they bypass that in some way which i think is really interesting you have your own theory 
if Hertzberg's not doing it for you, do you have your own theory about that? Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I think that the the theory of motivation that I'm really interested in, mm-hmm. and it is a it is an area that I, I wonder whether it, there's there's some PhD in this somewhere, um, but is related to a theory called self determination theory by Desi and Ryan. So this is a bit of a newer more modern theory and this is again coming from the school that says let's look at people's deep motivations so things that really deep 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 at a human level and they say that there are essentially three human needs uh, psychological needs this is the need for autonomy competence and relatedness and i think that's a really interesting um set of things here so autonomy is this ability to make your own choices to uh be an autonomous person have some agency um competence is feeling that you are competent that you are able to do something and you are competent at doing things and relatedness is obviously this the social need that we have Mm -hmm. to have other people that we are related to whether that's family or friends or whatever you know we all have this need for social interaction so these three things are incredibly important to us Mm. and they will drive us to do certain things in order to get more of them to be fair when i was new at my job i really missed being good at it (laughs) yeah yeah massively important yeah when you know because you often when you leave one job especially when you change career you go from being good at a thing to not being bad at it because you just don't know yet i feel like Mm. but it's kind yeah that was probably the one of my top motivators was I just wanted to know the stuff again. I miss knowing things. That was great. When well, if you think about you and ask yeah. you about something and you can be like, I know what to do. I can help you there. Yeah. yeah. And and if you think about starting a new job, it is a good, a, a good, um, a good example of this. So yeah, of course, competence is a big one. So that's why you feel demotivated um, in a new job because it's, it's hard mm-hmm. and you're, you're no longer competent to what you're doing but also that leads to a lack of autonomy so you know you you don't have any ability to make decisions for yourself because you don't know what you're doing Mm -hmm. um and in other settings it could be that so this is where a lot of abuse comes in so things like um abusive coercive control and so on is damaging your ability to make your own decisions and your Mm -hmm. own agency also abusive relationships of course um that's why people feel so unhappy in these situations because one of their most important psychological needs isn't being met um relatedness obviously very important um and again we start a new job you don't know anybody it's hard because you you know you've left your friends behind so um yeah these three that's a nice illustration i think Mm -hmm. in in relation to cults um i think there's a lot of interesting um elements here well i was almost thinking in some ways they try and they're purposely trying to battle all of that up front when you join let's say they don't want you to feel any of the quote-unquote new job things like that do they they don't want you to feel they want to break your autonomy in it because they want you to need them and rely on them, but they also don't want to demotivate you. You've got to love bomb and be excited and be super in at the beginning, haven't you? So it's interesting. So I guess so don't how forget, they're going to do that. Yeah, there's a difference between the promise mm. or the offer and the reality. So yeah, the, yeah. the promise is that you will be um, this wonderful um version of you this self-actualized version of you so um and that probably includes autonomy you know you are going to be this this Mm. marvelous version of yourself um you might even be um a spirit creature in heaven um and uh, you know everything's going to be wonderful um so you're you're going to be highly competent (laughs) you know angels are very competent apparently um (laughs) let's get that on a poster (laughs) angels are very competent and then on the bot on the back of the mug it's a mug it says apparently (laughs) yeah Yeah, so so yeah there there is a promise of, of these things and of course um i think the one thing that you do get to some degree is relatedness so that's um that's a deep psychological need you you want to be part of this group you want to be uh friends with these lovely people who have the secret knowledge and seem to have everything 
together. Um, so yeah, there is a promise of relatedness, and of course, they are generally quite social cult so um you do build quite strong connections with mm-hmm. with other group members now obviously there's something wrong with those relationships as we know because they can be dropped you can be dropped like a stone if you do the wrong thing um, but that's where the fear comes in so you want to maintain that relatedness um and so you that's your towards motivator but your you're away from motivator mm-hmm. is fear of losing that. And so that's often mm-hmm. how it, how people are kept. But I think this is why people are unhappy in cults, although they might state that they're happy. Um, I think often when people leave, they'll explain how they really felt. And there is a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Certainly after a while, people feel anxious and, and they're not, uh, it's not a psychological healthy place for people to be because because these three things are not being provided for them mm-hmm. one one thing as well is um it's interesting is how there's yeah lots of different motivational tactics going on simultaneously in a bit of a concoction because it's kind of the thought of like how do you maintain that level of all these different things all the time it's because it's not all the time is it it's mm. um sometimes it's you know yeah making you believe the dream i guess and sometimes it's threatening to take the dream away and um yeah it's just it's play i guess it's playing the cards right at at the right times Mm, yeah these are as we said before there's a there's a process that people go through when they um become a member now of course when you're when you're raised into these groups then there's no there's no real need to recruit you're you're raised to believe these things mm-hmm. and so even from a young age you're kind of your deep psychological needs are not being fulfilled you're being little alfreded exactly yeah mm-hmm. and obviously children have lower levels of autonomy so per, part of the process of growing up is mm-hmm. to feel increased sense of autonomy and a healthy um growth process mm-hmm. is where the child gets more responsibility as time goes on and more ability to be able to make their own decisions for their own lives and so on and so on um in a cult though that's really curtailed because there's strict rules about what you can do and what you can't do and so things like your sexuality or your mm-hmm. um what you want to do for a living and all these things are it's just controlled. how you speak how you behave yeah, how you carry absolutely. yourself like yeah. It's um, yeah, how you come across to anyone all the time. And competence, yeah. I think, is an interesting one as well to just reflect on. So, mm-hmm. in some respects, um, being in a cult, you are very competent at being in the cult. You know, you know mm-hmm. how to do it. After a while, you be you become yeah. um, actually good at whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing. So, there is an an element there of competence, and that adds to the fear, though, because that's another reason. Mm like to liken it to a job as well sometimes you don't want to leave your current job even if you're incredibly demotivated at your current job you don't like it but you're at least you know what to do at least you're good at it i mean a common turn of phrase in england like better the beast you know you know Mm. better the (laughs) Um, devil you know yeah yeah exactly so Mm. yeah there's this thing where especially like so if you've been raised in it um or been in it for any number of years you feel you're like oh, i've gotten quite good at this i know what i'm doing yeah, yeah. even you know f- for things you've said before like even if it's not the truth it's not a bad way of living Absolutely. you know it is the um, way i know isn't it and mm-hmm. so uh, and that was that was my thinking process for mm-hmm. for many years and was the recurring dream that i had um mm-hmm. for many years when i'd left you know it was going back to that place where i thought well i can i can just stay being a witness mm-hmm. um even Follow though i don't along. believe it i'll just kind of be you know i'll go to the meetings and mm-hmm. and that that i think part through it yeah yeah and, and that need for relatedness as well so yeah, again that's this, a strong yeah very yeah. strong motivator and those three together the autonomy competence and relatedness are essentially what intrinsic motivation is it's it's mm. uh fulfilling those three things you get those three things right um and in the workplace it's you know it's easy to see why that would be important you know you want to feel like you've got some choices over what you do you are good at what you do and you 
feel part of something um and so yeah i think that's that's an interesting way to think about courts um there's another type of theory of motivation it's called a mm-hmm. process theory mm-hmm. in fact there's a couple of those but the one the i want psychologists to... they really get spicy names so they process theory yeah Ooh, they're, they're really spicy it's all very <laughs> <laughs> very technical but um the guy that came up with this one is called victor vroom what about that for a name well, at least he's getting it a bit more jazzy with his name <laughs> victor vroom I mean, and his if you're Mr. and Mrs. Vroom, um, you know, you've got to be some sort of cool Come dude. on, on the on the wedding, you've got like on the back just Vroom Vroom, you know, instead <laughs> of just wed, go yeah. on. Mr. and Mrs. Vroom Vroom. Um, uh, I wonder if he married somebody called Veronica. That would have been great, wouldn't it? Victor and um, Veronica Vroom. Anyway, uh, we totally digress. So Victor Vroom came up with this thing called expectancy theory. Mm-hmm. And um, this is quite an interesting theory. So he basically said that there are three things um expectancy instrumentality and valence hmm. so let me explain what those are so expectancy is an individual's belief that his or her effort is going to lead to them being able to perform in some way okay so that their their effort will lead to some sort of good performance right instrumentality is an individual's belief that his or her performance will lead to some sort of outcome. So mm-hmm. m- my efforts lead to some sort of performance. That performance leads to a set of outcomes. And the third thing, the valence, is that those outcomes are good outcomes. They're mm. things that I want. So mm-hmm. basically that's that's what... Um, expectancy theory is essentially you have to have all three of those things together Mm -hmm. to be motivated i can agree um as in so i know someone at um i won't at at non-descript workplace um but they they uh would often say or yeah they would often say what are you gonna do fire me and that was the only thing that that was like the final like they were just so unmotivated that they just stopped doing all things because expectancy yeah they didn't they if they did a good job or not it didn't matter well that's my point yeah yeah so they were like what are you gonna do fire me (laughs) yeah and then yeah and immediately when you said about that i was like yeah once you realize that it doesn't matter like if you do well or not if if you hit these targets or not, whatever, it's all just words and fluff. You kind of lose motivation, though. <laughs> uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess that oh, in cult, in cult stuff, then that's very. Let's get into cult stuff about yeah. that. So let let me say it again: expectancy that the effort will lead to performance, performance will lead to a specific outcome, and that I want these outcomes. That's basically expectancy theory. So, you know, living forever on a paradise earth is the outcome, let's say. Um, and yeah, do I want that? Yeah, you know, definitely I want that. So that's the that's the outcome I'm looking for. Um, do I think that uh, working hard in the organization, you know, knocking on a lot of doors, being a pioneer, doing all these things, do I think that all that effort is going to make me a better person maybe and do i think that that being a better person will lead to the outcome that i want well that's what i was taught and the outcome i want is living in a paradise um and so that that is absolutely the way i think mm-hmm. that a lot of these groups um you know work that so that's really what's happening does does it have to fall down in an order can things fall down in whatever order for you to get demotivated um so I guess doesn't yeah, matter. They all three have to be. They have to be happening three have together to be happening concurrently. Together. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. not like one happens so that the next one can happen. So the next one, cool. I mean, ten, yeah. you tend to think about it in those terms because yeah. it's just logical. But um, but yeah, I mean, if you just if you think, well, actually, my efforts will make me a better person. Mm-hmm. But um, being a better person won't give me the outcome I'm looking for. Mm. Then what's the point mm-hmm. so that's where it, it'll fall down so you have to have all three things together you know it's worth the effort that's the motivational bit you know it's worth me putting in all this effort um because if i work hard then 
that will make me a better person and that will lead to the outcome I want, which is going to heaven, becoming a guru, owning your own planet, whatever it is, you know, is yeah. if you think that the effort's mm-hmm. going to lead you to that, then you'll put the effort in. Yeah. As soon yeah. as you stop thinking that, you're demotivated. And that's, mm-hmm. of course, what happens when you start losing faith or you doubt the promise. Or you, then even, you, start thinking, you even think, do I want the end goal? You know, do I want yeah. to live forever? And then you're like, if I don't right. want that, if you don't then, want that anymore. then, yeah, you know, what's it all? What's what's step one and two? <laughs> but what I think is interesting about this, it, it it's like cults have to, uh, or these coercive, coercively controlling environments have to get the balance right. So on the one hand, they need you to keep trying. So they need to make you think that the uh expectancy has to be there that that the effort can lead to body blah, mm-hmm. blah on the other hand though they don't want you to get too comfortable and cocky um because they need to to keep the fear in mm. you that maybe you're not doing quite enough so there's a mm-hmm. there's a sweet spot here that mm-hmm. uh, these groups keep you on the hook and i think this so nicely describes how people feel in these groups you know you 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 have this promise this expectancy of this wonderful future that you're looking forward to and you, you know yes you can do it but then on the other hand you're told how you're not you know you're not good enough you're not doing enough and you're uh, you know you're a hopeless sinner and so on and so on so there's a there's a real battle going on there and i think that's that's the this horrible tension that you're that you're living with in in these groups and and they're not um it is a battle but they're two forms of motivation working together for the same goal of the group the court group there yeah, I think so. So, you know, it's it's a complicated picture. Um, and, and often cognitive theories are quite complex because there's lots of... Brains are complex. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of, you know, mediators and moderators, things making it more so, things making it less so that, mm. that you have to throw into the mix. That's why these diagrams become yeah. very complicated <laughs> because there's all these factors that, that can affect. But essentially what courts are doing is they're playing around with with these different forms of motivation Mm. whilst at the same time again creating habits and um uh, automatic behaviors in people like fear um we go back to little albert and you Mm -hmm. know his his rats and um, and the fear that was was given him by these associations Mm -hmm. so you know you also have that as well so now we've sort of talked about all yeah so much different kind of motivation so much theories um in the cult group and how cults are using those just you know to sort of finish off um could i ask you how you think post cult so basically motivation has been hijacked a bit in Mm. these cult groups and Mm. they're using it to advantage of the group and disadvantage of you uh, the person um how do you think that affects a person's relationship with motivation and motivating oneself post that's a really good question selena i I really do and um i think that's can be quite a struggle because you've not really had much opportunity to learn how to do that Mm -hmm. one of the things that i did quite early on was was got interested in goal setting <clears throat> now goal setting theories I do remember are, you, you bloody loved a goal yeah <laughs> you still do but... <laughs> i still do talk a lot about goals but um goal setting theory is is something that um is a, again another slightly different type of um motivational theory but it's a nice easy one and it's very conscious one so you can you can think about this at a very mm. conscious level so right okay what do i want so what outcome do i want so you can do this in a very conscious way you can say right what 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 do i want to achieve mm. why do i want to achieve it what makes me happy so i think you go through a process of your thinking right what do i actually want out of life i've got this second chance if you like i've i've now come out of this group i i have opportunities now so that's that's what i uh tended to do is think right what do i want as a as a goal and then you think about right how do i achieve that goal and um 
what sort of things what eff, what sort of effort do i need to put forward so that for me is is a, a useful tool goal setting and goal setting is is shown to be actually quite quite an effective motivator in the workplace um a few conditions need to be met to make it so but but goal setting is is a good one but yeah it can be difficult because if your motivation has been purely you know an away from motivator because you don't want to die at armageddon or you you know <laughs> you don't want to be an evil person or whatever and um, when you leave because that's gone so what what's going to motivate you now um so that that you can i think you can struggle a little bit post mm-hmm. uh post leaving so do you think with with you did was it not necessarily about what goals you were setting or what what you were trying to motivate yourself to do just getting used to prioritizing your own desires <laughs> Yeah, I think um, I, I I think in a way it doesn't matter that much what mm. the goals are, mm-hmm. um, and it's important, I I guess, for you to do a bit of soul searching and work out what makes you happy. But in some respects, you have to learn that as you go because mm-hmm. you don't necessarily know that. So for me, I decided that I wanted to get a career, and um, and then a bit later it was to get the degree and mm-hmm. and that it was to get the masters and that and i've always got a goal mm-hmm. on and that's maybe that's because maybe i i have to consciously do that because that's what that's been the way that yes. i got out out of yeah. um of that funk i was in when i left you know and you said it's helped with the cycle to go full circle here full full bike so wheel. as <laughs> if all goes well um by the time our listeners are hearing this, I should be halfway through roughly mm-hmm. the um, the cycle. Now, if all doesn't go well, I could be at home at this point. <laughs> but um, mm. anyway, let's hope that not I... for lack of motivation. No, very, indeed, very mm. much, very much motivated. You, you're doing it. Although I feel, actually, I feel today it's interesting. So today mm. is, is Wednesday the 30th. We're recording this a bit early, obviously, because mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be away. So um, I, I today I feel so demotivated. My energy oh, levels no. have I've just sort of dropped massively. Um, Do you think it's because you've not been on the bike, though? Because exercise gives the happy hormones, doesn't it? Well, I, I didn't go out bike. yesterday and I've not been That's out today, it. but I don't End. think it's that. <laughs> I think it's more that... Um, one of the things that you have to get right when you're doing motivation is, or when you think about motivating yourself, is that you can build up to a kind of crescendo. Mm. Um, and I think maybe I've peaked a bit too early because um, oh, no. I've been really stressed about it, very anxious about it. Um, and at this point now, I've kind of stopped all of that. Um, and maybe I've peaked a bit too early. But once again... I've- get started it'll it'll all come back again i think coming to a state of zen before is probably good it's not a bad thing is it yeah yeah, yeah, i think you're at a state of peace um go sit on the wee fit balance board and do the like zen game just you know that's that's Mm. the goal um get some of those electrolyte drinks in um some more little oat bars (laughs) yeah Yeah, i've got everything i need right okay um i reckon that's it that's motivation done done um, we will always all be motivated forever forever more indeed. nice there's much fantastic. more to it um you know if you really want to know more motivational theories i'm happy to you can you ask questions them. as well to the yeah. audience if you have mm. questions about motivation um ask you can ask on yeah. many platforms where cult hackers like everywhere um we're really pushing the Instagram now. Instagram um, is very good. Twitter's gone um, weird, and as we know, it's now called X. But in the um, hands of a lunatic. So <laughs> but anyway, um, so we're sort of focusing. I do still post the episodes on on Twitter, but um, I, really, we're, we're using Instagram. Um, Callhackers.com. I'm in the process mm-hmm. of redoing the website, but um, it's our old evil sheet yeah. one up there. But go to the contact page and reach out can i also do a little bit of a a plea for more um ratings and in particular reviews on yes we're not having one for ages and um 
it would be great if you would do that. You don't actually have to have an Apple device or anything like that. You can just go onto the Apple mm -hmm. uh, podcast website and leave a review. Look at um, that. that makes a massive <laughs> difference to us. Um, so, yeah, please, can mm -hmm. you do that? If you wouldn't mind, that would be lovely. Thank you so mm -hmm. much. Uh, be motivated to, uh, to feel all good and warm and fluffy that you've done something good. We need to create a reward. If we get X amount of reviews, we'll yeah. do something. What okay. is it you want, dear listeners, um, <laughs> as a reward? I'll think of something if not, but choose your own okay. reward. <laughs> right, okay, I'm going now. It's going dark and you're disappearing. So um, I have uh, no lights for me. I'm Save going that, to, Dosh. To go. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And I just want to say, actually, before I go, thank you so much for everybody that has um, contributed onto the Just Giving page. Um, I really, really appreciate it. And the money's going to the Family Survival Trust. Um, so I really do thank you so much for, for doing that. That's helped to motivate mm -hmm. me. And as ever, it will be in the show notes to give money. So dad's probably like 500 miles in to a slog fest of a cycle. Give him some money to his charity of yes, choice. Not me. We're not yeah, getting any His charity of choice. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okie dokie. Thank you very much. See you next time. Bye. Bye.